podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Leeds Up Podcast. I'm James and I'm with Rocco Dean. Hello. So it's the day after Birmingham City, a 1-0 defeat at St Andrews. It's St Andrews, isn't it? It is still, I, yeah. I, see, in my head it was called the Cauldron. Yeah, we weren't playing Birmingham City, we were playing Blues. Oh God, so for anyone who, who hasn't listened back to the or watched any highlights from Birmingham City's own commentators, he seemed to be obsessed with the idea of it being a cauldron and the atmosphere being unbelievable. I mean, all I could see was, well, bits of concrete everywhere. Just a building site, wasn't it? It didn't seem particularly intimidating an atmosphere to play in, did it? But Although well. although that the concrete side of it kind of came back to annoy me a bit more because it made me think, well, why can't we do improvements? <laughs> so when I saw the ground being improved, I, I, I went straight back to what you said, Rocco, a few weeks ago, where I sort of defended the 49ers and the owners a bit and said, well, you know, they'll, they'll wait for the right moment, but Birmingham City can bloody do it. I know, I know. Maybe we'll get into that later because I feel like having another another whinge about that. So yeah, it finished 1-0. It, it was just such a, a of a performance, wasn't it? It was very championship, I think, which everyone is kind of saying the same thing and Leeds just look blunt, but you know, there's there's so much controversy and so many things that happened last week that sort of built up to that moment off the field stuff that was a massive distraction for for everyone, which which didn't help at all. What were you? I mean, you've obviously watched it back as well. What are your immediate thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, before the game, I was hoping that the adversity and it'd be like you know we're sort of in this position like we were when we went into League One and. It sort of bound everyone together and I would have, you know, I was thinking I'd be worried if that didn't spur us on to victory against a team that I don't think is going to be particularly good this season. Uh, so to lose 1-0 is, yeah, definitely worrying. But yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't watch the game live, so I watched it back today. And I don't know whether, like, I'd, I'd listened to the match ball this morning and the way they went on. I don't know whether, I don't know whether my expectations were so low that when I watched it back, I would I didn't feel that bad about it. I didn't think we played that bad. You know, we seemed solid enough. We seemed to control most of the game. Obviously, we were blunt. But I think there were certain things that, you know, we in patches we played some nice stuff. Um, but then, yeah, just couldn't do anything in the final third. And obviously, there's a you know, massive lack of quality or, or maybe a bit of uh, lack of cohesion. But yeah, lacking, definitely. But I didn't think it was that bad. You know, that at least looked pretty solid. What did you think? I was watching it thinking this is very, like, not, it doesn't feel like anything's going to happen because, and that was kind of shaped up already by the fact that we didn't have all the players that we wanted to be on the field. So we were just going to be kind of relatively solid, probably make a few mistakes, let them in on a few occasions. That's how it felt, but they didn't feel strong enough to get anything from it. I think that's why the penalty was so annoying in the end that we gave away and so late on was because it didn't really feel like they were ever going to get in there properly. There wasn't a, a nice clean cut chance that either team really had. So it felt like, yeah, this is going nil nil all, all the way. And their commentator was obviously waxing lyrical about Dembele and, and their captain. I just thought Halen had a had a stinker. And yeah, he just he just looks lost at the minute, bless him. I think I was saying to you in messages earlier, feels like his head's gone a bit. You know, there's obviously a, a massive amount of pressure on someone like Halen where 
the usual captains out, Cooper, and all around you, you've got players that are just leaving. No one wants to be there. You're still there playing for the club because you want to be there, but you're also lumped from what we hear with a, a 60% wage reduction. You know, like that's, that's got to be hard. Like the, the pressure when, you know, you read all the misery and hate from a lot of people towards him on, on Twitter as well. And it, re- it really winds me up. It's something that does get to me quite a bit, actually, because I just think, you know, aylin has been here for so long and done and been such a great servant for this club. He's the kind of person that we should all be backing because he does want to be here and he does want to lead this team. Definitely. But then at the same time, it, it is difficult. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't feel for him like being captain. I thought about yesterday, you know, how, how are you supposed to lead a team when, you know, you're going through such a difficult period yourself and I think this was the thing like when I went to see them in Oslo and I came away from that with a really bad feeling and it was like I don't know it's just like the vibe in the squad I just felt you know it didn't feel right but it was very 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 early days but it's that sort of thing that I worry about for players like Ailing and all the other players that have been been there and been through the relegation and then also yeah if you've got a pay cut like that and you're seeing your mates all pissing off and or just pissing up the wall or whatever they're doing you know, that must be just like soul destroying. And then you're going out and you're losing and you're getting skinned and you, you know, it's horrible. Like playing football is horrible when you're playing crap, when you know you're capable of doing so much better. And then to have to, yeah, have that pressure of leading the team, you know, maybe, maybe we're making excuses. Well, I don't think we're making excuses for him. Maybe, maybe we're being too kind, but you know, I, I, that's how I feel for sure. Well, there is the element of him, you know, he is, he's not getting any younger and he knows that in himself and that'll be a frustration for him, which piles it all on as well. But yeah, it's not, I don't think we need to jump to his defense, but I certainly think there are elements of hate or whatever you want to call it that I just think are completely unjust. But then at the same time, I suppose you have to, you know, the fans have got to be allowed to say, I mean, they don't want him in the team and and that's fair enough. Like a lot of it wouldn't be hate, would it? It's just like pointing out that, you know, they, they want someone else to play there. Although, actually, there isn't anyone at the moment, is there? Anyway, well, this, so well, like... well this, this is my point, and this is why you just kind of have to get behind them in the end. Yeah. But, so, so yeah, and obviously the, we've touched on the, the penalty late on from Dan James, and it, it was one of those where it's just like, why why have you jumped in, fallen, or, or whatever? It was annoying. Dan James was good in the game, for, like, but just frustrating it's kind of like having jack harrison there who, who will obviously come on to where it's kind of like nothing at the end of it it's like is that what we get out of our left wingers probably is isn't it yeah that was a problem I, i've always thought this summer um, you know people thought his pace would tear up the championship and i've never i've never thought that because i i just i don't think he's a good footballer to be honest like i just don't see the quality in his feet i don't i don't see i don't see him ever delivering anything at the end of you know the, the good work that he does Again, I don't want to batter him because like, I, you know, I love his attitude. You know, the interview that he gave after one of the friendlies, you know, it was brilliant and we need people like that, actually. Yeah, so, yeah, I think the, the, the end product thing will always be frustrating. But then, you know, one or two times a game, he will put a decent ball in the box and, you know, and maybe he'll improve as the season goes on as well. So, you know, I think, it, yeah, at the moment, he's a player that we need, for sure. I think he was a bit unlucky with a penalty, to be honest, I was a bit surprised that Farka, yeah, again, you know, I'd, again, is, is it because I've seen it the other way around? Maybe I'd have been spitting feathers, but, you know, I'd, I'd heard Farka say what he said. And then I saw the incident and I thought, sudden lucky that, you know, he's, he's not really known that the guy's there. Maybe he should have done, maybe he should have been more aware. And the guy's just, 
ran into him. You know, he's he's won that penalty. You know, probably was a penalty if it was inside the box, which maybe it was. Just think it's a little bit unfortunate. Yeah, possibly. I think with with Dan James, the one thing that's I thought about a lot in the last day is that he's actively encouraged Joe Rodon and Ampadu to come to Leeds. And I don't think we can under understate that as well. But, you know, what what would we have done had we have not had someone in the club to actually sell the positive thing of Leeds United? Would they have come? I'm not sure they would have done. So, and, you know, Dan James has come in for a lot of stick. He was dumped out of the club by the, the previous board, whatever you want to call them. And it, that was all messy. And it was, you know, from things we've heard as well, that was not a good situation for, for Dan James. I don't think he liked what went on, which you can imagine, you know, I think he, he came to Leeds to play for Leeds. And I know his dad uh, certainly wanted him to play for Leeds as well when he, when he was alive. So yeah, yeah, funny, funny situation. And, but I hope, I hope, I know, I know it's one of these where I sound a bit boring going on about Luke Aylin and getting behind the team and, I, and I'm not a happy clapper, but I kind of feel very strongly that for those that are here and want to play for Leeds, we do, we do just have to get behind them. Yeah, I completely agree. And that's why, you know, you know, I've been as, as frustrated as anyone with Dan James over over the, in the past and I was happy that he was bombed out last season, but the way he talks and... You know, yeah, the guy, the fact that he wants to be here and to play for Leeds is enough for me. Like, absolutely, you know, get behind him 100%. Because uh, it's not it's not an easy place to to want to play at the moment. You know, it's a, it's well, it's a calamity what's going on. So, yeah, we need those players who are willing to have that siege mentality and, and fight for the, for, for the cause. Leeds is more like a cauldron, really, isn't it? With like half a rat's foot and a mouse's tail. <laughs> Cat's whiskers, that's like all sorts of random stuff thrown in. Few so, snakes. Yeah, exactly. A few snakes. Loads of snakes. So the, um, speaking of snakes, the 6-3, Rocco, you called them. Right. Yeah. Ah, yes. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess we've been a bit presumptuous of Somerville. Always get them mixed up. But yeah, Somerville, I, we're not so sure about at the moment, isn't it? I thought you were saying this like a snake sort of thing, <laughs> playing on that yeah. thing, but you were generally... Got out the last bit. Finisterra as well, and Harris. God, it's it's a shocking, shocking, shocking state of affairs, isn't it? Sick to the stomach. I think like originally when it was just Nyonta, I was sort of thinking, you know, the board have said like they're not going to sell him. So I was thinking, well, you know, just let it blow over. What will be will be. But the fact that others have now come out and followed suit absolutely no way back like absolutely not i would i'd rather us not sell any of them and just shove them in the reserves because we're not going up anyway and just let them rot they're absolute scumbags like not to travel to birmingham is just disgusting and when you compare them to the 6-6 that didn't go to charlton i think it's about 50 times worse this because it's come at the start of the season they could have done this a month ago or two months ago now, that Charlton game, the season was already dead. There was nothing to play for, you know, whatever. Like, it didn't actually matter. I wasn't actually outraged, to be honest. Like, I never wanted to see them play for Leeds again, but like, I didn't care. But this is disgusting. It's like completely messing up the season. Look what it's done to the fan base. It's, it's absolutely outrageous. It's one of the worst things that I think any players have done in my time watching Leeds to do this to us now. Why didn't they do it before? But then that's the other question. Like, why are we in this position? How's how's the board not known that they wanted to go? 
I mean, you know, I, you don't, it's impossible without the ins and outs of it all. You know, maybe they were willing to stay. Why aren't they willing now? Is it because they've not seen enough incomings? You know, the 49ers not being aggressive and ambitious enough to want to, you know, build a team that these players believe in. Like, they're, they're young players still. I, I expected them all to leave. But when the season started and they were in the team, I expected them to stay pretty much. Or I was hopeful that they might. But yeah, it's just abominable what they've done. I have nothing to add, Rocco, other than, yeah, it's just absolutely shocking. And, and I think just highlighting what I said earlier in that, you know, what does that do? We're talking about the fans, and but what does it do to the rest of your team as well, you know, to just walk away from them, really? You know, you've got your all your teammates who you've worked with for the last however amount of time. And, you know, you've, you've got to go into this battle in the, the season and all of a sudden you walk away, you know. I thought teams are made up of like strong camaraderie and brilliant friendships and there's just there's just none of that you know it's like every every man for themselves you know completely against the side before self mantra of Billy Bremner and yeah it's absolutely disgusting and I just hope it gets resolved but obviously you've you've talked about the 49ers and Kinnear and Parag uh, and all the rest I think what we'll probably do is we'll just just cut some audio from our mate Dara Dara Cunningham. Dara's been on the podcast before. His background, he has an MSc sports management and he is a lecturer in sports management and his specialist subject is international sports governance and he's advised countries, Olympic committees and he's a massive Leeds fan as well but just, yeah, listen to this from Dara. Hi lads. Yeah, I suppose in explaining why these loans are so toxic, we have to start by debunking the myth that it's a good idea due to FFP. For a start, FFP is calculated over a three-year period. So if you look at, say, Villa, when they came up, they came up after three years, so therefore FFP didn't matter to them. So if our plan is to come up within one to two years, then we shouldn't be worrying about FFP in this year. In fact, I would suggest we should be looking at FFP in around January 2025, because halfway through our second season in the Championship, we'll know if we're in line for promotion or not. And that's the time to start cutting your clothes accordingly. So just that, that, I think that one just kind of put that one to one side. Uh, the other side of that coin is about amortization and the payment of contracts or, sorry, the payment of sales fees or purchase fees over the course of a contract. So 25 million for Brendan Aronson over a five-year contract is five million a year paid to his parent club, initial parent club. The issue with that is that this is a good idea if you put this loan clause in for, say, one or two players. This could be quite genius. You'll maybe retain the likes of Sinistera and, say, Jack Harrison, who you can do it out for one season and then come back up again. The problem arises when it comes to the fact that it's in 10 or 12 different players' contracts. And then it decimates your entire squad. Uh, from a financial perspective... It's effectively rendering about 200 million euro worth of assets, which are what the players are to the club. So it's 200 million worth of assets rendered useless. Useless to Leeds United. And we cannot sell them and they won't play for us because they're going to be loaned out. This makes it an unmanageable situation. So also it takes away the possibility of a cash injection. So for example, yes, we would lose money if we sold Brendan Aronson for 10 million quid. But maybe we need 10 million quid. So we take the hit on Brendan Aronson. We invest it in a striker or whoever we want who we can get for 10 million quid who then gets us up. That's a calculated risk. But that issue is out of our hands at the moment. 
So we can't sell any of these players while we're in the championship because they have these contracts or clauses in their contracts for the duration of the championship. It just makes it an absolute shambles um, because it means that if we don't go up, we'll never be able to sell them. They also return every single summer. And this is where, from a sporting perspective, it becomes an absolute lunacy and unmanageable financial situation. If we're going to build a squad that's capable of getting promotion from the championship, we need about 20 players or more to get promotion. We will then have 10 players coming in on about 40 grand a week for the duration of the summer. So that's 30 players being paid full whack during the off-season when there are no gate receipts. So in our worst financial few months, our quietest financial time, we have the most significant outlay. This is an absolute shambles. And really, Kinnear needs to have a look at himself here. I mean, as the CEO, he's the final sign-off before handing it to the chairman. If he has not registered this as a risk, in my opinion, that could be seen as professional negligence. It's, it's, it's horrendous to not be looking at this and saying these, this, these clauses in this abundance for this amount of players is tantamount to a massive footballing risk for the club. And what's more, lads, Kinnear really needs to be having a look at himself over all this. I mean, as CEO, he has the final sign-off on these contracts, including all clauses, before handing it to the chairman. And he has to be recognising that this amount of clauses on this amount of contracts on this amount of players is tantamount to a huge financial risk for Leeds United. And I would really love to be asking him, has he put this on his risk register? Has he noticed this as a risk? And if he has... What mitigating factors has he put in there against this happening other than just don't get relegated, which is completely out of his control, particularly at the time when Jack Harrison signs his contract in April. By that stage, you would have imagined he is the CEO is saying, look, we've already got 10 or 11 players on these contracts. We're two points above the relegation zone. Let's not put that, that loan clause into Jack Harrison. Let's give him a release clause at 30, 40, 50 million. That's what most smart clubs do. So he really needs to be considering his position at the moment because this just isn't good enough from a CEO who put himself up there as a risk expert in that Calvin Phillips documentary. Well, damning, damning as usual from Dara. Yeah, and it's such a good point. You know, if we don't go up, these guys, you know, just get loaned again. And they just get loan and loan. We might try and sell them, but if that's the case, we'd, why not try and sell them now? We're kicking the can down the road, and these players are a, a, a massive, massive problem and, and drain on the club. And what an absolute mess! Like it, it's it, it's beyond belief. Like the bottom, like Harrison thing is the final straw. I cannot believe it. The contract that was signed in in April. How is it possible for them to put this in? And especially because. He's worth so much more than the money we paid for him. So that FFP thing goes away straight away. They've just done this because they're bloody idiots. They've not done this trying to be smart. They're just complete utter morons. I, I cannot believe it. Oh, it, it. It's just finished me off, really. Yeah, Jack Harrison is a, is a big kicker. Obviously, the drama today when we recorded this was Jack Harrison potentially moving to Everton on loan. And then at the last minute, Aston Villa trying to hijack it and then I think they pulled out of it because he's too injured basically was, was what was said I mean that also shows you the pulling power of Everton doesn't it like their fans are all excited and kind of winding us up on Twitter but it's like yeah but all you can actually get is a 
is an injured championship player because no one wants to come to your football club. Apart from Willie Nonto's agent, who probably sees a decent payday. That's that's an opinion. Maybe a joke. Let's call it a joke. I don't want to get sued. No, it's true. It's true. And I mean, the other thing for me, I mean, I'm I'm furious at Aragmarate and I'm getting so annoyed by like reading on Twitter, you know, people saying, oh, they're only minority owners, 44% this, 44% that. It's a load of nonsense. The guy's in the boardroom. He's the vice chairman of the club. He's running the club with Kinnear, basically. And he's still running the club with Kinnear. Otto is the sporting director, so he does his thing. I don't think he's in the boardroom. And then you've got Rad signing everything off, you know. He wasn't even really, you know, he, was, he wasn't really around. He was he'd taking his finger off the pulse. So the two people, in my head, the two people that have, have done this pretty much <laughs> are the two people that are still here. You know, still running the club, and it and it makes me sick. And so, yeah, like I, I listened to this interview with Parag uh, that he did with the Athletic. Athletic interviews from February 2021. So when we were flying high in the Premier League in the first season, and he'd just taken out. It just the the 49ers had just increased to 13 percent at that point, and he he'd been appointed the vice chairman. So he's been vice chairman for over two years. And the stuff he said, I mean, it's mind-blowing. Like, he comes in and he says that he's built his reputation on player contracts and how to structure deals. And he's going to dive into that expertise to help the club structure their contracts and play the transfer market as efficiently as possible. So that's what he was coming in to do and help. Now, obviously, there's a chance that when he got in, they didn't want to listen to him and they did all, you know, all their own thing and Prague was just sat there in the corner not doing anything. I refuse to believe that. I think it's nonsense. Like, it just doesn't make sense. It's beyond reasonable doubt. He was involved in this. Him and Kinnear have been part of this. And I'd love to know who came up with this strategy. But regardless, they passed it. They passed this strategy. They allowed it to happen. And and even if Parag was massively against it, he must be an idiot to not be able to convince them it was a bad idea because it's such an insane idea. Like, how I just, I just cannot. I just really can't get over it. And so, like, having this guy in charge of the club, you know, listening to that interview, like, a lot of the stuff he said was just so wishy-washy nonsense, like, saying that he's different because he cares. Like, are we supposed to buy that? Like, as soon as we start losing games, he's not going to care. He doesn't care. He's just an American that lives over there. You know, he's running the club. He said it's not about money. He says it's not about the percentages. They're in it just for the strategic development and for the community. And then he's charging 50 quid a ticket for championship matches. Absolute nonsense. So, nah, I'm just completely, completely had it with, with him and, and all of them. You know, it's not even about the transfer window. I, I'd like them to sign some players. And if they did, then I'd be more happy. But he's saying stuff that makes him look like an idiot. Like, you know, coming out saying it's gonna, we're going to be aggressive in this window. Knowing what he did about the contracts, we can't be aggressive. So why are you saying that? What is the point of saying that? You must be an idiot to come out and say that. It create a rod for your own back. I just don't get it. So I'm completely just, yeah, head's gone at the moment. I'm I'm absolutely raging. I hadn't noticed that your head had gone. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it, again, like, I'll just keep saying it is messy and it is messy. And the only thing I can think with Parag, and this is maybe giving him a bit of a benefit of the doubt, is that the fact that he has recently at the start of the season again said, my expertise is contracts and I do them in my sleep or whatever. I don't know whether he's doubling down on this again to kind of make a point of, you know, I've kind of been saying this for some time, that this is how we should operate, but it's out of my control. 
because or it was out of my control before because i don't get why on the eve of all this the the you know the loan clauses coming out and people filtering out of the club like like rats you, like why would you say that like why would you double down on it so it'd be interesting to see what what comes about i know Angus Kinnear is due to do um, an interview when the window shuts with the square ball, I believe. So it's worth keeping an eye out for that because Dan's pretty good on that. And he go every season he's got him pretty hard on Angus and asked some tough questions. Well, tough questions from Angus's point of view. So it's, it'll, it'll definitely be worth worth listening to that. I hope he does it. I, st- I can't see it, to be honest. <laughs> I think he'll pull out. But, the, th- uh, the thing is, they need to because, you know, from the, for the sake of, for me, for, for the sake of Daniel Farker, like Daniel Farker throughout this whole episode last few weeks has been brilliant is in his press conferences he's been very firm very fair but you should not have to field things that were not signed off or you were part of when you're at this football club you shouldn't be defending them so for the sake of building the club and building a culture and building a team around daniel farker they need to make a statement whether it's something written whether it's an interview with i don't know the bbc with square ball, whatever, it, they need to just kind of come clean with the situation when the window closes because it's not fair lumping it on someone like him. You know, like how can you how can you build something successful if you're constantly distracted by this, by all the press, all the fans asking and raging about the same thing? So it's got to be done. Yeah, I agree. Ben Farker's been brilliant. Yeah, I really like him. Like you say, every interview he's done has been absolutely bang on. He just seems like a really good guy. And he's here for the long, long haul. Obviously, oh. that doesn't change. Because <laughs> yeah. that's the thing you don't, you don't quite know. And and that's the other thing that I'm sort of suspicious of is, you know, if these players were willing to stay at one point and now they're not, you know, like I'm just thinking like the 49ers have done a bad job of sort of you know, creating that mentality that you know we're going to go up, we're going to do great things, and yeah, it just it just seems like a rudderless ship at the moment, really. And again, like I said previously, when when he did that interview. The fact they don't even live here, like, you know, Parag, you know, I think that works. It's ridiculous. Like, surely he needs to be here and, you know, creating the atmosphere and the vibe. And yeah, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. It makes me worry when, when footballers are just walking out like they are now. Some, something's not right, is it? Surely. Like, why didn't they leave it like two months ago or make their feelings clear? That's what I don't get. I think you can potentially live in another country if the entire setup of the company or club or whatever is absolutely solid. You know, I think you look at Brighton, I don't know whether the owner lives in the UK, but they've got a day-to-day running that is phenomenal. Like, you know, when you think of the the signs that they've made and the the sales that they've made as a result in terms of profit and actually being able to build and grow as a team whilst doing that is massive, but it, it, it has to filter from the top and it has to filter from someone like Angus Kinnear and you know, maybe Angus Kinnear is good and he is the right person and he's tainted by things that have happened in the past with the previous president and previous sporting director. But you're also part of that. You're, you're, a, leading, you're a leader within that organisation. So there has to be a question mark on Angus Kinnear, which I think is very, very fair for us all to have that. And that's why I'm doubling down on that point of he needs to talk, like we need to figure out, or, well, we just need to understand what is going on and what the plan is. But I know it's going to be very hard during the transfer window. So I think that that kind of brings me to the point of, you know, where where do we go from here? Because 
all we can really kind of do is grin and bear it until that window closes because we don't know who's going to be here if we don't know who's going to come in it's there's a, there's a lot of questions to be asked and answered and it will be a difficult few weeks i can't yeah I, I, it can't be it's not going to be anything other than that no it isn't I, I just don't know i don't understand again like why why we can't get busy like you know even you know i don't know just do something <laughs> like i'm not i i cringe when people say buy a striker buy a left back because you know good players don't grow on trees like you know where have you been for the last two years every player we bring in has been useless so you know it's clearly not that easy but yeah i, I mean do we do we even have a, a shopping list i mean I, I suppose we do and we're waiting for dominoes to fall and what have you but it's yeah it's frustrating um you know we need to we, we need to start start building that like i say like the you know the season's not over, you know. I'm certainly not thinking we're going to win the league anymore, and you know, I'm sort of back to thinking what I thought initially that you know we'd do amazingly to battle for the playoffs, considering the the chaos at the club. But I still, I don't think we're that far away. Like I, I think you know, there's there's decent players there. I thought you know Cresswell had a good game. I've been impressed with him, and you know, obviously you got Gray Ampadu, you know, looked really good again. So, you know, with a few of the right additions, I think we can be competitive and, and at least hang in there until January. And then hopefully, you know, from January onwards, we can, we can do a, a bit of a push. But yeah, I think everyone, I think everyone pretty much knows it's a, it's a long-term prod, pro- and we're just basically hoping rather than expecting things to go well. I think that's, that's why the, the huge disappointment of players like Sinistera and Yonto allegedly saying that they don't want to play and not going to Birmingham because they are the sort of quality that kind of accent the foundation of a team that is quite, you know, is solid. I think it's solid. And then you have a Nyonto in there and you have a Somerville and you have a Sinistera and they start to pull. Like we were saying at the start of the season, you know, our attack looks brilliant. Granted, when we haven't got a striker at the minute, but, but in terms of getting up the field with flair and pace, like brilliant. And now all of a sudden that's been taken away. So, okay, so what have we got? And that's why it, it pangs. It, yeah, it's frustrating. But Joe, I mean, like we touched on earlier, Joe Rodon, he's coming uh, from Spurs and by all accounts seems like a, a decent player who will do well at this level. I'm not sure he expected to be, be slung in at centre forward when he, when he came on as a sub. Yeah, yeah, I don't think we should mark him for that appearance. He's good, he's good in the air. Yeah, no, I've... I've, I've yeah, I've asked a, a Welsh Leeds fan and a, and a Spurs fan, and they both said he's a, a good lad. They think he'll do well. So he looks a decent signing. I'd like to see him and Cresswell alongside each other. Thought Stroke did all right again yesterday. Uh, yesterday. But yeah, I've liked Cresswell. So yeah, them two together, it seems like a big, yeah, a bit of a solid, two solid units at the back, which is good. So yeah, it seems like a, a decent, you know, decent addition. But yeah, again, like we need, yeah, we're just, we're just desperately short in other areas, aren't we? I mean, I've seen, I've seen reports that we might be, you know, spending 10 million on that Phillips, but again, it's like, well, centre back is not where we're short at the moment, is it? But I suppose you, yeah, you just need to take your chance to get somebody in if it's, it's somebody that you think can push you forward. Well, we've gone from having about 10 wingers to like zero yeah. overnight, which is not ideal, is it? I mean, Max Aaron's was... There was talk of Max Aaron's. Well, Max Aaron's, by all accounts, was ready to have a medical at Leeds, and I, he'd re- released some statement saying that you know Daniel Farker was like a father figure to him, and well, you turned away, you walked away from your your dad, Max, 
what you're playing at. Um, you know, the lure of this is the thing is that the lure of the Premier League, and this is the thing that I, you know, we don't like when we're there is we know that people are just there to play in the Premier League. You know, you lose that sense of wanting to go to a specific club. And, you know, that's a prime example. You know, he, he, he wanted to come to Leeds because his heart was with working with Farker again. But actually, the promise of playing for the Cherries in the Premier League was too much for him. Yeah, it's funny. When we were in the Premier League, we had to insert all these loan clauses to get people to join us. So, pull didn't really work for us. Yeah, it's frustrating. Like, again, I'm probably just, yeah, stupid Leeds fan, but I'd like to think that, you know, Leeds United would be able to, uh, certainly a, a you know, recently relegated Leeds United with all the parachute payments that seem to do nothing for us nowadays, you know, could attract a player like Max Ahrens to, you know, to play in the championship rather than for Burmese. But yeah, is what it is. You can understand that it's the way of football. And, and I, I was really surprised that we were going to be able to get him. And that really raised my mood. <laughs> and everything just went calamitously wrong from there. Yeah, the money's obviously there to, to spend on that sort of player. So yeah, there is, there is money waiting. And you know, obviously we haven't even talked about this, but Tyler Adams was going to be moving off to, to Chelsea and, and then that all fell through. They've said because he's injured for too long. I'm not sure how much I believe that and whether that's just sort of saving face with the Casado deal. But yeah, I mean, Adams has sort of chosen to go as well, basically, as well, hasn't he? Yeah, I don't think he'll play for Leeds again. If he did, then fair enough. He's not been as bad as the others, has he? He's not really done anything wrong, actually, to be fair to him. But yeah, I'm sure he'll go. I'm sure he'll go somewhere. Maybe Brian. But yeah, I mean, if we kept him, that'd, that'd be great. You say he's done nothing wrong, but so many fans would be, well, I'm a bit annoyed, very annoyed at him going to Chelsea, or the idea of him going to Chelsea. Disgusted. Yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah, well, it's like Otto when he tried to go to Chelsea. That was that was scandalous as well. He should have been sacked for that. He probably tried selling in the idea of loan clauses to them. Dear me. Yeah. It's tiring, this, isn't it? It's, it's like the other day, it's, you don't, you don't get many things like this in life, dear, where you're this emotionally attached and there's just full-on drama. Like, I just want to watch football. I want to watch good football. That's all I care about. And now I find myself just scrolling through Twitter looking for some bloke in another country tweeting about transfers. It's like, why, why am I wasting my time doing this? Uh, it's crazy. I, I just can't believe that we're, we're here again. Like, why, why are we always the ones that are just, like, doing, like, crazy, stupid stuff that nobody else does? Bonkers, isn't it? Anyway, is maybe we'll have a better week. We can't have a can we have a worse week? I better not say that. Touching wood. This is it. It's not way it's up. When 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 we have days or weeks like this, we're always like, can't can't get this bad again. You know, thing that you've got past that bump in the road. Now now we're on the up. It's like how is how has this even happened? Like a week ago, I don't even think this was on the cards. Was it any of this? No, not at all. No, I mean, you know, you're sort of expecting bids to come in for players and maybe maybe lose them, but yeah, didn't expect this at all. It's yeah, it's just yeah, up from the blue. It's yeah, shocking. Right, Rocco, you decided to do something at the start of the season, player ratings tracker, where we basically at the start of the season we've predicted what how will how the players will play across the season out of ten. And Rocco's tracking that on a spreadsheet. Nice little spreadsheet, that Rocco. And um, we're uploading it to the website, so we'll be updating that after uh, our weekly episodes. And so, yeah, this week, ratings for Birmingham, I'm guessing. Ratings for Birmingham, um, yeah. 
yeah, the listeners will be uh, disappointed to know that I'm not going to run through every single player and, and where their standings are. We'll just uh, mark the guys from the Birmingham game. So, <laughs> for anyone, you've just gained 10 minutes of your life back. Even my dad was scorning me about that. He wasn't happy about the decimal points. <laughs> that was fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, so let's do it. Let's, let's rate them all and let's do better than we did last week. Let's try. Do you reckon one time this season we'll be able to like get everybody to agree with us? Like We won't get any no charging comments. We got absolute pelters on Twitter, didn't we, for these? And I think we'll get pelters again. Yeah. God. Sorry. Day of the world. Melier 6. Didn't have to do much, did he? No. Did he have to save anything, really? Penalty. Well, exactly. So five. Didn't even save that. <laughs> okay. He got a toe to it, to be fair. He almost saved it. And, uh, but having got a toe to it, his toe should have been stronger, shouldn't it? He should have had a stronger toe. He needs to do some working out on that toe. Maybe gout. A bit of gout would have sorted that. Hey, <laughs> Eat some more fatty foods. Get some gout. <laughs> he start saving more shots. Eland. Ailing five. He's number two, mate. Oh, God. Yeah, five. <laughs> Maybe two. No, five. Give it a five. Cresswell, seven. Was it a like, was it a seven? Was there a seven performance there on the pitch? Do you think he was a seven? I think so. Seven's all right. It, like, not great, but he didn't do anything wrong, did he? They didn't really give away, he didn't not. give away many chances. I'm giving him seven. seven. A strike, six. No arguments there. Byron, six. Yeah, it wasn't great. Ampadu, seven. Yeah. Gray, six. Struggled a little bit, I thought. It's probably about right. It's one of them where it's like he hasn't had a bad game, but he's also not set it alight, has he? But no. I think he's a sort of, well, it's like any player. You need everyone around you to be functioning properly in that position. Yeah. Shackleton six. Yeah. Shackleton, coming back to Shackleton, his engine is ridiculous. Like the amount of running he does is, is phenomenal. And I think that's the sort of thing that, well, they're the kind of attributes that we need at the minute. Because that's feel like that's all we've got is running, running power. I like Shackleton. I'm happy that he's part of the squad. Yeah, he's, he's a good lad. Leeds fan. Leeds through and through, isn't he? Exactly. Pervader five? Yeah, he did nothing, did he? Bit disappointing. Yeah. James five. For a man who has a picture of himself, a massive giant portrait <laughs> in his living room, uh, should be doing better than five. Sorry, Dan James, go. Dan James, five. Yeah. Just Joffrey one. five. Yeah, d- yeah, Joffrey five. I really want to play number 10. Yeah, I know. I, we, were, we were chatting about this before and it doesn't make, well, there's not no other option for him, is there? Um, but he's not He's not an out-and-out striker, is he? Much, be- so. much better at holding the ball up or getting in a lower position and spreading it around. Yeah, needs to be facing goal for me. And Rutter, five, obviously. Yeah. I mean, he'll forever be just one of the weirdest signings ever. I still can't get my head around 35 million. No, I don't think I ever, and I never will. I know it's obvious because everyone talks about it, and we're on repeat saying thirty-five million. But it's absolutely baffling, and I feel for him because the amount of pressure he must have because of that is stupid. I don't feel for him. Do you not? Controversial opinion? No, I don't at all. I think I don't think he's working hard enough. This last season, coming in and not even getting on the bench is a joke, really. And Allardyce came out and said that his attitude wasn't particularly there, and then. Yeah, getting that little injury. I mean, this is probably really harsh, but I don't even buy that. Like, you know, James Milner would have played, I'm sure, with whatever injury I had. It can't have been that bad. Like, I saw him do it, just sort of like 
just grabbed his stomach and was like, and came off. <laughs> nah, then it, it comes on, ambles around a bit. Like last, the last minute of injury time, the guy, the defender's got the ball in the corner and just barges him to the floor. And that's the game done. Like, really, oh, yeah, that was annoying. That did remind yeah. me of. It's like, just, yeah. just put a bit of pressure on him. Win the ball back. We're in. Um, yeah. No, he needs to win me over. I'll happily have a massive U-turn on him one day. But, yeah, I'm, I'm not happy with him. I think he gets uh, a very, very light, uh, light deal from the fans, considering he can't even get on the pitch. When players like Weston McKenney were getting selected every week, so... We need a U-turn from all of them, really, don't we? We need a... I, like, uh, something tells me that some of the sick three that you mentioned, someone might end up staying because, and they have to just grind it out and they have to get their head down and win, win the fans back because I just don't think they can all leave. Uh, that wasn't in the club's plans. The clubs are in a strong position. And I know... Sorry, the club is in a strong position. And I know that there's always the argument that players have power and they have... Um, an ability to move because of that power or get what they want because of that power but the Nonto situation in particular Leeds are in a ridiculously strong position and we don't and yeah I, I'm glad the club have stayed firm on it I hope they continue to stay firm on it because we need a, we need some players like what they, what else are they going to do for starters and yeah contracts I know people say they're not worth what they're what they're written on anymore but They've got to be to a certain degree. If you sign a five-year deal, you know, you, you should be held to account for that. Definitely. And that's why I'm annoyed about Harrison as well. He should just say no. Like, he, he could say no to the loan. You know, I want, I want buying. It's like, you know, buy me. Like, why? I mean, isn't it a bit... It's not really flattering for him going on loan somewhere. Why are they just stumping up some money for him? But, yeah, anyway, it is what it is. Yeah, we say the sick, sick note three, but there's five of them, isn't there? As now, well, Harrison, if you had him in, and then Perkins as well. Is Perkins sick noted? I think so. He didn't, well, he didn't, didn't even get on the bench. We had nobody on the bench instead of him. I don't know. Maybe he's actually sick. Someone from the club needs to come out and talk. Let it be sooner rather than later. But I think we're both annoyed. So I think we're going to call it there, aren't we? Yes, let's call it there. Let's look forward to the West Brom Friday night. Friday night. 16 seconds, bit of Pablo magic. That's what we need. Yeah, crying out loud. Have a good week. Let's hope we get something out of Bournemouth. Do we need to predict this? I I, I realise I'm just trying to end this because that's how I feel. Do we predict how we do against West Ham, West Brom? I mean, if you're asking me for a prediction, I'll just say yeah, two 0 Leeds. I always got it in my. I always have it in my head that like when I was a kid, we always started the season with a win, a draw, and a loss. Like it seemed to happen every year. So yeah, let's let's hope it happens this year. I'm gonna say two one to West Brom. I like I, I wanna be completely wrong. I want us to obviously get something out of this game, but I just don't even know who's gonna be playing, so it's hard to make a guess. So I hope you're right, Rocco, and yeah, we'll see everyone after the, the West Brom game. Have a good week.
Social Podcast Network.